You're listening to audio from Redeemer Anglican Church in the urban heart of Richmond, Virginia. We are a parish committed to gospel formation for missional presence through seven essential practices. Telling the biblical story, embracing a new identity in Jesus, finding belonging in the church community, cultivating virtue through redemptive habits, understanding our context in this current cultural moment, laboring in renewed vocations for the common good, and reordering our imaginations through beauty in the arts. To learn more about our church, visit RedeemerRVA.org. Our seventh lesson comes to us from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, good evening, church. Good evening to you all. For those of you who are visiting Redeemer for the first time, welcome. We are so very honored by your presence. Truly, we are. And if you and I haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Dan. I'm very grateful to serve here as a pastor. And uh, before we kind of get into it tonight, I just want to make just a, a couple very small announcements. The first is that all of you are invited tomorrow morning to a 10 a.m. little half-hour uh, Christmas Day service. Not 9, not 11, like a normal Sunday, but a 10 a.m. service that will be done by 10.30. And, uh, and I really mean this. Um, if tonight is kind of fancy and formal, and you all look spectacular, by the way, uh, tomorrow morning, very casual. Come in your pajamas. It's not only allowable, it's actually encouraged, maybe even advised, okay? So come in PJs tomorrow, if you like, um, and we'll worship together on Christmas Day. Redeemer is six years into what I hope will be a very long pilgrimage of reclaiming Christmas Day as a day of worship for the church. So come be a part of that, if you like. Second... Uh, it is appropriate for us to say thank you to each other um, on, uh, in the middle of worship services like this one. And I think we could, should maybe direct some thanks in that direction. Um, thank you, musicians and vocalists, for leading us tonight. So beautiful. Thank you for leading us so very well. Now, let's think together about what we've done so far this evening. We've told a story together. And we've done it in the liturgy, we've done it in the readings, in the artwork, and in the songs. This has been an evening of storytelling. That's what a Lessons and Carols service is. It's a storytelling service. Now, this is important because stories are actually essential to understanding the meaning of our lives because human beings are story creatures. Think about it. Not only do we all love stories. I mean, the most common refrain in any household that has kids in it, which is many of yours, is what? Tell me a story, right? Or read me a story. And then like 10 seconds after you finish the story, read me another story, right? I end up, every single night I put my kids to bed, I end by saying, no, I will not read you another story, right? That's how every evening ends in the Marotta house. So, but that's not only true of kids, it's also true of adults. We adults 
are only able to understand things if they are in the context of a story. This is true of mathematics and philosophy and science and engineering and economics and love and race and family. I mean, anything. Pick a category. We have to take concepts and reframe them as stories in order for them to make any sense to us because human beings are story creatures. Now, you and I are immersed in competing stories and conflicting narratives all the time every day. We hear them in the news. We experience them in advertising. We feel them in songs and movies and TV shows. We act out stories in our families and in our romance, in our schools and in our work. Just think for a moment, what kind of stories have you heard and seen and felt and experienced even just this week? And then as you reflect on what this past week or maybe this past season has been like for you, what kind of stories have you acted out? What kind of stories have you rehearsed even in your own schedule? And if you think about your story, your own personal life story, and you had to label it as a kind of genre, like what kind of genre would your life story be? Would it be an epic drama? Maybe a swashbuckling adventure? That's what I want my life to be, but it's not. Maybe a paperback romance or maybe um, a comedy, perhaps On the other hand, maybe a tragedy. Is your life the story of self-improvement? Like your life is just hustle and grind, like work until you make it. Or maybe is your life something like the story of self-discovery? And every month and every year is just peeling back more and more layers of the onion so that you can discover your true and authentic self within. Or maybe your life is the story of karma. Like what goes around comes around, what you put in is what you get out, and that's just how your life seems to go. Or maybe your life is this heartbreaking tale of injustice or oppression or betrayal or maybe even suffering where despite all of your hard work and sacrifice, in the end, it's just not fair, right? And that's how it goes. What's the story of your life? You know, the problem with trying to answer that question if you're struggling with this right now, the problem is you can only see your life from the inside, right? You'd like, all of us would like to think that we are able to step outside of our lives and look at it objectively because we'd all would like to think of ourselves as objective, logical, rational thinkers, but you can't do it, right? You can only see your life from the inside. And that's why most people feel such a disconnect from the story of the Bible on nights like tonight on Christmas Eve because the story of the Bible is a story that we see primarily from the outside, So we can kind of analyze the story of the Bible from the outside and deliberate on whether or not we want to believe that it's true. But our life stories are different. We experience those from the inside, right? We know they're true. Why? Because we're in them, right? So here's the astounding thing about these two stories, the biblical story and your life story. One story claims that the other story is a part of it. One story claims that there are not two stories. There's just the one. And the biblical story that we've told tonight, the creation of the world, the fall into sin, the longing for redemption, and the arrival of God in human form, who is Jesus, that story claims that you are actually a character in the story. And the story says that your life is actually this kind of sub-story, this sub-plot, this sub-chapter in the larger and grander story of God and human beings in the world and all of history. And that's an astounding claim. And it's a little bit offensive and maybe a little bit attractive too if you take a moment to just kind of consider it. I mean, it is offensive. Why? Why is it offensive? Well, because that, by claiming that you are a character in this larger story, that story is saying to you, you're not the author and you're not the hero. You're not the author. You don't control the narrative. 
You don't get to determine the beginning, the middle, or the end. And you're not the hero. The story doesn't center on you, but on God. In other words, God's not this optional, occasional character that sometimes enters your story. You are actually one of the sub-characters in his story. And that's a little bit offensive, right? Because we feel displaced, moved out of the center. No longer the main character in our own story. But this offense is, if you think about it, something of a relief as well. I mean, it is a relief to not bear the burden of authorship. So many of us, if you're anything like me, are exhausted by the weight and struggle of writing and controlling and scripting our own life stories. And it could come as something of a welcome respite to simply receive a story instead of laboring to create one for yourself. It's also a relief for another reason, which is you don't have to bear the burden of heroism. So many of us are discouraged and insecure and anxious and ashamed by our own failures to be the heroes that we think we're supposed to be, right? At least I am. It could very well be a welcome solace for me to hand over that hero responsibility to somebody else. And so even more than relief, listen if you can, there is actually something profoundly attractive here. What is it? Well, if you're paying attention the biblical story first speaks a word of dignity to you. The very first thing the Bible has to say about you is that you are what? Good. That's the first thing the biblical story has to say to you. Now, this is really sad because, unfortunately, the reputation that the Christian church has in contemporary society is that the very first thing the church has to say to those outside the church is that they are bad. Ah, but that's not where the biblical story begins. It begins by speaking a word of dignity to you. You are good. In fact, in God's words, very good. And the world itself, very good. Now, the second word the story speaks to you is actually a word of love. Now, although, yes, both you and the world are corrupted and broken by sin and pride and rebellion and selfishness, even in your current state, you are still loved by the author who doesn't write you out of the story, but instead writes himself into it. And so Jesus, the author of the story, enters the story embodied in human flesh and does so motivated by what? Love. Love for who? For you. And so, listen, the invitation of the story is to see through the offense, you are not the author and you're not the hero, to the relief and then eventually to the attractive beauty of being swept up in a story that says that you are good and that though you are broken and marred by sin, you are loved. And the invitation on Christmas Eve is for you to locate yourself within this story and begin to see and interpret all the events of your life from the inside. And that takes practice. It's not a switch you can flip one time and then see differently. It takes practice. We learn to see from the inside, to see our own life story and the biblical story as one and the same through our habits and our practices. Now, how do we do this? Well, if you've been around Redeemer for any length of time, you'll know that we do this every time we gather as a church family. We rehearse this story together. We also do it every single time we come to the communion table, as we will tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on Christmas Day to practice the story by eating and drinking the story. We do it in our hospitality with one another, with our neighbors and even sometimes with strangers. I know a number of you are actually having Christmas Eve dinner together tonight And you're hosting each other in each other's room, showing this Christian Christmas hospitality to each other. And it's so good. Well done. 
When you show that kind of hospitality, you are practicing and rehearsing the hospitality of God to you. We practice the storytelling in our service to the poor, in our services of worship, in our justice, in our acts of prayer, when we do our jobs, and also when we go back and rest at home. And so slowly, year over year, as we practice these things together, we are learning together to see from the inside of the story. And as we learn to inhabit the story, we are starting to actually let go of control of the narratives of our own little life stories. And you know what happens when you start to let go of control of the narrative? Anxiety and fear dissipate. And you start to become a person of dignity and love because you inhabit a story of dignity and love. Dignity and love from God to us through Jesus. That's Christmas. Come and see from the inside. Thank you for listening. To connect with our team or to learn more about our church, visit RedeemerRVA.org. We look forward to knowing you. Go in peace.